0: Hey listeners, it's Brian. Before the show starts, I just wanted to let you know that you can now chat with us, other horror fans and fans of the show, on our Discord server. I had no idea what Discord was until our awesome listener Blake helped us start a Discord server. And it's kind of like a chat room website or app. That's kind of underselling it, but it's a really easy way to chat with people. You've got a nice little group of people going, and we're just chatting about horror movies, movies in general, etc., it's actually a lot of fun, and the Discord app is really slick. It's a lot more conversational than Facebook or Twitter, and it's easier to use, too. So if you want to join, I've got the link posted on our Facebook and Twitter pages, and I'll try to get it up on our website, too. I'm also going to read it out loud right now like a 70-year-old would do. It's https colon forward slash forward slash discord dot gg forward slash H, capital F, K, capital U, capital J, 8. So you can just type that into your browser or just find the link on our social media pages and you'll join our little group. So if you really need to talk to somebody about how we felt about today's movie, come on over and join us on Discord. And thanks again to Blake for helping us out. Talk to you later, guys.
1: Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin, I've got Brian on the phone, and this week we're going to be talking about the 2019 horror film The Dead Don't Die, directed by Jim Jarmusch and starring Bill Murray, Adam Driver, and Chloe Savini. And it's the story of a bunch of townies who come face to face with the zombie invasion. Um, we've chose this movie because I think it had a lot of hype and it just came out about a week ago, though. I don't remember seeing a lot of buzz about it before it came out. Brian, was this like high up on your radar at all?
0: It was high on my radar. I don't think it was like a huge pop culture buzz. It was just kind of film nerd and horror nerd buzz, film nerds Mm -hmm. because they're a big fan of Jim Jarmusch and, uh, is it Jarmusch or Jarmash? God, I wish I had checked that before. Hoping it's Jarmusch. Um and horror nerds because it's a zombie comedy.
1: Yeah, it, it's just weird. I think I've seen like a lot of lists calling out the big horror films of this year, and you know, obviously like Pet Cemetery, Us, uh, S- Scary Stories in the Dark, uh, Midsummer, etc. Child's Play next week, but uh, I, I don't, I don't remember hearing about this one. It kind of surprised me. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a little under there. I mean, it's a ton of big names. Bill Murray, Adam Driver, Chloe Savini, Tom Waits, and then like bit parts from Steve Buscemi, RZA, Tilda Swinton, Danny Glover, Caleb Landry-Jones, Rosie Perez, Carol Kane, Selena Gomez. I know. It's like a bunch of cameo type roles. I know,
1: that's wild. I I always get a little bit nervous when a film has like so many big stars. Um, Like I guess we we just saw Slice recently and that had like a a pretty big cast. Or... um, I don't know, like other movies, I feel like a lot of times when they have like a huge cast like this, sometimes they're banking on the cast power versus like a great story or anything that uh, follows it. Have you ever noticed that trend? Yeah, there are some
0: like, I can't think of any now, but like, I'm, I think there's almost like a few famous like romantic comedies that have these crazy ensemble casts and they just flop.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> That's like all their budget went to the cast. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the one example like that comes to mind, which... I worry about seeing this one because I think people actually think this one's a really good movie. Did you ever see Mars Attacks? I I think I've seen parts of it, but I can't say I've seen the whole thing
0: all the way through in one sitting.
1: Yeah. I, I don't remember watching the whole thing at once either, but I remember kind of being disappointed and it had like a huge cast in it. Um, and I, I think people actually think it's a really good movie, but I'm not sure I don't it, if it's maybe one of those kitschy ways or something. Yeah. Yeah
0: yeah it might be kind of a cult classic, right, <laughs> yeah, which you could th- maybe this will become a cult classic, but uh yeah, we'll see, uh,
1: yeah, so uh, obviously like I-, I think you know since coming out this movie, I feel like has been pretty polarizing if you look at reviews out there, no one's kind of in the middle of the road. it has like a fifty some percent on Rotten tomatoes, but people like either love it or they hate it, which I think makes for a cult film, I guess in the future, um yeah. They- yeah. And I, th- I think, I don't know, did you look more into Jim Jarmusch or his style or movies that he's done in the past?
0: Yeah. So I, I mean, I know the name and I know he's kind of a big deal for, um, people who are really into film, but I don't know anything about him. This was the only movie I had seen. I had maybe seen Broken Flowers, but I don't really remember if I did. So I, um, posted on our Facebook just saying like, Hey, does anybody have any background or anything they want to say about Jim before, before the show? Cause we don't really know anything. Um, and listener Adam Paul said, he's one of the most well-known independent film directors. He directed Coffee and Cigarettes and Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai, among others. He's also a composer, and he composed the uh, Him and his band scored this movie, actually.
1: Oh, that uh, skew or whatever What was the name of Squirrel that? Squirrel or Yeah. Squirrel. Oh, okay. That's U R L. Um, but yeah,
0: back to Adam. He says he was very influenced by punk music of the CBGBs era and he directed Gimme Danger about the Stooges. He's interviewed in just about every punk documentary, very New York, has cult status in both Europe and Japan as his early films were beloved and he became the influential rep for the American road
1: movie. Mm. I like how Adam, Oh God, there's more. No, go ahead. Oh, I like how he stopped short of ever saying, like, uh, this guy is any good at all. I think he just kind of talks <laughs> about, like, who he is what he's done. But, yeah, I don't really hear, like, a, you know, any kind of vote of confidence there about him.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? I think he made a second comment, I can't remember if I wrote that down. He may have gone on to say that he really liked his movies or something.
1: Oh, okay. Um,
0: and then our buddy Kyle Miller said, I love his films, but I've heard this one is one of his worst. Um, and yeah. then he said, Only Lovers Left Alive is the closest movie of his that y'all could talk about. That one's about vampires. with Tilda oh.
1: oh, that's cool. So he's he's done more than one horror movie then, I guess.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that was really a hor- <laughs> That one seems even lighter on the horror than this one. Um, but again, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, so I'm not totally sure.
1: Yeah. But it's just I, labeled
0: as like a comedy drama.
1: Sure. and I think this one's labeled as like horror comedy, and I think I'm scratching my head on both of those labels. This one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, this one, and I don't know if I, well, Kyle has said he hasn't seen this one, and I don't know if Adam's seen this one, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was something. <laughs> yeah. And it'd be interesting to see this and compare it to his other movies.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen parts, or maybe the full coffee and uh, cigarettes. Is that was or cigarettes and coffee? What's the name? Coffee of that and name?
0: cigarettes, yeah. Coffee. That's from 2003.
1: Yeah, I remember like Jack Black was in that. And, and I think similarly, like Tom Waits might have been in that. And, and he had like a big cast again, and it was black and white. But I get the sense, like watching this movie, you kind of uh, get a sense of his like style of film, like really sh- slow and like kind of like deadpan characters throughout. I, I feel like he's kind of nailed that tone. And in, uh, in this movie, at least, and I'm assuming it's one of his other movies that carries over.
0: Yeah, yeah. On uh, Wikipedia, it says his films often eschew traditional narrative structure, lacking clear pro- plot progression, and focus more on mood and character development. His goal is to approximate real time for the audience, which mm. I could kind of see uh, that in this movie. <laughs> I could see... Yeah. No real clear plot progression and a lack of a traditional narrative structure and focus on mood. (laughs) Yeah, Um, all of those were there. I don't know about character development in this one, though, but we'll talk more about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'm not sure about that one either. Yeah, Um, but he's had a long career. His first
0: movie was in 1980, so I think he's really mm -hmm. uh, given a lot of credit for kind of being one of the people that's really started the American independent film movement.
1: Yeah, you know, the the more I looked at him, I feel like that's the biggest thing he has going on is he's been around for a long time. Um, And and yeah, I guess maybe, like, a few of his movies got, like, pretty good reviews, but um, I I couldn't tell if he's actually, like, a great director or if he's just someone who's been around and has, like, a unique haircut. I I, I don't (laughs) know if he's, like, worth uh, all all the hype that's built around him or people getting really excited about him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see some of his other movies and it's hard too because it does sound like this is uh one of his maybe one of his worst so it's hard to judge him on this movie this it's it's easy to be like oh i don't really want to see what else he has to offer but yeah but uh he's considered a big deal
1: yeah yeah we might have to force ourselves to see something else <laughs> we gotta respect uh, Adam and Kyle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I guess we owe it to them. Um, yeah, and and it's a bummer. So, is your Ohio connection having anything to do with uh, him of uh, Jim Jarmusch? Yeah, born and raised in Akron. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Pretty close to us. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, which it bums me out even more because like you get really excited when you hear that, and and I think this movie supposedly I, I think it takes place in Ohio, doesn't it?
0: Um, they never say qu- exactly where it takes place. It's it's supposed to take va- place in a city called Centerville, and there is a Centerville,
1: Ohio. Yeah, but I, I think Centerville, Ohio, is actually like probably a bigger town than what was shown here. Right? Or shown here. Yeah, I would think so. They also
0: mention Pittsburgh and mm-hmm. Cleveland, so I, it made me think maybe it was supposed to be happening in rural rural Pennsylvania, but I'm oh. not sure. Yeah, that could be it too. Yep. I
1: don't know where Centerville is actually in Ohio. I'm assuming it's close to Dayton, but I'll have to double check that. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I
0: think part of the reason it was like near Pittsburgh was a nod to uh, George Romero.
1: Oh, the whole zombie thing. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of, uh, there were some nods to Romero throughout the movie, I think.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can't do a zombie film without uh, paying pay him tribute, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, apparently, this was the first film of his to uh, have a wide release.
1: Oh no, kidding! <laughs> yeah, after like yeah. nearly forty years, that's kind of wild. Yeah, such a long career, and this is your first breakthrough film. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I guess yeah. he's 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 like an indie uh, artist or indie director. I guess. Right. It's
0: kind of um, definition. and I could see Adam kind of talked about how he has some like punk influences or kind of came from that world. And I could see a little bit of that in the way he made this movie. It's just kind of a blatant disregard for, for certain conventions.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was reading some kind of funny stories about him, even like in the eighties when he was at the university, like that was kind of his style was just to go against things or he did like some film as a student and the, 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 like the teacher was like, oh, it's great because there's like so little action and then he like went back and took even more action out of it so i i feel like it is this very like his punk attitude to just go against or try to like irritate people somehow
0: yeah yeah there was a little bit in this movie where i kind of felt like it was a a little bit of pretension and that like he really almost like an f u to the audience but <laughs> yeah. maybe i'm yeah. going overboard with that, that i mean you should like be that. allowed to uh, create art to your own whims I suppose but it was almost a blatant disregard for the viewer and some
1: (laughs) yeah yeah I think so. I mean yeah you couldn't tell like how much of that was like him breaking the rules and like being innovative versus just like not giving a fuck about the audience it's kind of funny
0: and there's plenty of people who who love his stuff so you know I'm sure there's plenty of people it does sound like some people really do love it as you said it's polarizing so maybe they eat that up when he does that kind of stuff yeah and it's more of a and he does do it a little bit with his own fans in mind, but honestly, he sounds like he doesn't have anybody else in mind except his own ideas. <laughs> not in a yeah. ba- not in a bad way necessarily, but I don't know. Because um, I did see some quotes where he he like showed a lot of respect to the people who to the fact that it's a group process to make a movie. Um, mm-hmm. So that no, made me think good. he was not quite as conceited as he seemed. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird that we're talking about him like we know him. I'm sure Adam and Kyle are rolling their eyes at us but This movie like kind of gives you a certain impression about the person who made it.
1: I know yeah Yeah, it's definitely because he's his fingerprints all over it I mean, it's just so unique and like so character like it's a director that you can feel the character of him in it I guess so you you kind of walk away feeling like you know his style
0: Exactly exactly
1: yeah but who knows? <laughs> we may be way off, but I, I mean, at least that's the impression we get, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this one and in our review of it. Uh, the, the only other thing I had was like, yeah, the box office I think is, uh, around 6 million so far. So I doubt it's going to make a lot of money. Who knows like how long it's going to last in theaters for, but you didn't see any numbers around the, the budget for it. Did you?
0: No, only the, I didn't see anything about the budget, so I'm guessing it was probably more than $6 million, But yeah, I have heard that his his movies do not make much money. I mean, obviously, yeah. this was the only wide release he had, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I I wonder, like, what happened at this point in his career where, like, Focus Films or someone, uh, you know, decided to do a wide release of one of his films.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I actually, when I walked into this movie, I I didn't realize it, but it was kind of like an Asheville movie guys night, like two <laughs> of the guys who review movies for the paper here and they like had a talk about it afterwards.
1: Oh, cool. So yeah. you, you so were able to catch catch like their thoughts on it?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. It wasn't that great, but.
1: <laughs> Wait, the, the but talk was wasn't fun. that great or like their opinions on it weren't that great?
0: The talk wasn't that great. They, oh. I got a little bit of info from them, but they kind of were reading. It was almost like reading a little bit of IMD, IMDb trivia. Oh man! Basically, it was
1: what we do. <laughs> kind of like our show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think next time after a movie ends, you should just get up, uh, get up, and like start giving a talk about it. Yeah. On the <laughs> just
0: one guy who's walking out looks over his shoulder curiously, and then just keeps walking, and <laughs> yeah. I talk to an empty theater for a while. Exactly. Yeah. And then I yeah. pick up all the popcorn and eat it.
1: <laughs> all the leftover popcorn.
0: <laughs> and the hiss at the
1: people trying to clean the theater. <laughs> I'm not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. <laughs> so keep an eye out for that next time you're in Nashville uh, checking out a movie. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> Brian, Drop some he, popcorn for me. <laughs> yep, <Yeah.
1: laughs> that sounds like a scary story. <laughs> Brian he hunts hunts the credits after a film, Gif- giving giving random reviews and eating the popcorn that's been left behind. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, do you want to take a break and talk about the plot, or you got anything else? Nope, that's all. Let's let's take a break and, and get to it. All right, cool. Well, uh, I just heard some weird noises outside. So I'm gonna check what what's out there. Um, So let's take a quick break, we'll come back, we'll talk about the movie.
0: Okay, be careful, man. If you see any popcorn, pick some up.
1: I got you. We'll be back. Cool. All right, Brian, I'm back. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I heard some stuff outside. I went out there. It was kind of like a big mess of like some uh, body parts. Uh, I think it was either a wild animal or maybe several wild animals. Couldn't <laughs> tell.
0: <laughs> there were a handful of running jokes in this movie that landed, and that was one of them. for <laughs> that me. That
1: was one of them? I thought I thought we were going to talk about how, because that, that joke, they repeated that like three times, right?
0: Yeah, it was pretty dumb, but it also, it
1: kind of worked for me. They maybe repeated it, like, one too many times. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. I was was surprised. I was like, there's no way they're going to do this, like, again, because it was, like, back-to-back. You have, like, three people walking into a room coming out saying, oh, it looks like a wild animal, or several wild animals, or maybe, like, four people said it, and uh, yeah, I was just so surprised that they kept that going.
0: Yeah. And that's a little bit of that, like, punk-ish style, where it's just, like flipping the conventions on their head but yeah um, th- that one worked even if you didn't like it I'm guessing it worked a little bit better than some of the other things he did for you
1: <laughs> yeah yeah because it repeated four times so like he had to have a, a beat yeah. on it yeah uh, all right well yeah that I think that's pretty telling of like the pacing and yeah the director's overall attitude for the film um, but yeah the, the movie opens up with Bill Murray's character who's he's the chief police officer Chief Robertson. And he's on patrol with Adam Driver, who's Ronnie, and they're in the woods, interrogating, trying to interrogate this hermit, uh, who's played by Tom Waits, uh, for stealing some of the uh, neighbor's uh, chickens, supposedly. Um, and then uh, this hermit like takes some sh- like shots at them, but you know Bill Murray and uh, his his character, the chief, doesn't really you know get mind being shot at, I guess. And so they just kind of walk away from it and figure like, ah, oh, it's just the hermit being the hermit. Um, so kind of, kind of a slow opener there. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: And it gave a said a little bit of the tone with a d- very dry humor.
1: Yeah. Right. Like people aren't really reacting. They're just kind of, uh, st- yeah, you know, it was a def- like, you know, straight tone, nothing going on there. Yeah. Very f- like flat deliveries. And- yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then they're driving back to town and, um, uh, Ronnie is telling the chief like, hey, it's really weird, uh, you know it's still daylight outside even though it's so late. I'm surprised it's so late uh, and, and it's still bright outside. And then uh, you start to get the hint something's wrong because like uh, the, I think his watch stops working and his phone isn't working anymore. Um, and then there's kind of like this meta conversation here like where they're breaking the fourth wall where the theme song for the movie plays, which the song you hear throughout the movie is in the opening credits and you're hearing it now for the second time. It's a song called The Dead Don't Die by um, Sturgill Simpson. Is that his name? Sturgill Sturgill Simpson. Sturgill Simpson, yeah. And um, the chief asks Ronnie, why does this song sound so familiar? And Ronnie says, oh, because it's the theme song. And uh, the chief just kind of accepts that. So I I thought this was kind of weird, like within the first five to ten minutes, like breaking that fourth wall already. Did this throw you off at all? I thought that was very strange. And I
0: felt like if you're going to do that, then kind of make that a running theme throughout the movie, but they did not.
1: Yeah, it was like this weird nod in the beginning that, okay, the characters know they're in a movie, but then that's not really brought back to, like, way later, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, they do it again at the very end, but it's it's very, very strange. I, yeah. I do
1: not think it worked. Right, yeah, I agree. Um, so then we're introduced to the rest of the townspeople, so, you know, this is, like, your typical uh you know midwest probably rural town of like a few hundred people so there's like some people at the diner there's this like racist farmer who's played by steve buscemi wearing like a make america white hat again which i kind of enjoyed uh there's this hotel owner there's uh danny glover plays a hardware store owner um there's like this young kid named bobby who's like a gas station owner but also collects horror film horror stuff and um and comic books, and Brian, you probably loved the fact that he was wearing a Nosferatu shirt the whole time. Mm-hmm, I That's, did. <laughs> they had you there. Uh, they're these three kids that are uh, in a detention facility, and then in the most like the most random characters. So uh, all of these, I think, kind of fit into like the stereotype of middle middle America. And then you have this weird character of uh, Tilda Swinton playing uh, a uh, a character named Zelda Winston, and she's like this funeral home owner who's come from uh, Scotland, but she also has, like, the samurai thing going. Just, like, a real oddball. Isn't she kind of, like, the weird one in this? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She's the weird one in everything. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's always her thing. From, like, Doctor Strange to this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just, like, a, a completely, like, everyone else you can kind of, like, figure, okay, middle America, and then there's, like, her, like, this random oddball thrown in there. Um, and in each of the scenes where we're being introduced to them in the background, you see shots of the news, uh, where, you know, the newscaster is reporting that things are getting kind of weird. Um, and people are saying polar fracking is shifting the earth's rotation and causing weird stuff to happen. Like animals are acting weird or yeah, it's staying daylight way later or, um, yeah, the other kind of like random things are happening. And I, I think this was kind of like a clear nod to like global warming, right?
0: Yeah, it kinda of felt like a message.
1: Yeah. And and you had like I think people were saying like the government and energy associations or or companies are saying like, no, no, it's not the polar fracking, but um, you know, they're saying it you know, polar fracking has like thrown the earth off course and now like, you know, things are going off. So yeah, some kind of commentary there on uh global warming yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say I appreciated
0: how we went around town and got introduced to every character, and
1: like spent some time with them yeah that that part was kind of fun because there's like such a fun diversity of characters here and good good stars and everything yeah uh, the, wo- the one the yeah. one thing i did I didn't like about that though is I felt like in each scene it was like introduce the character, and then here's a clip of the news in the background and them reacting to it. Uh, I, yeah. I felt like that started to get a little repetitive, yeah, it did get repetitive mm-hmm. yeah, and and there there yeah, there are a lot of characters here, obviously. Yeah. Um, so then the first, uh, attack happens late at night. Uh, these two like punk rock zombies get out. I think one of them is Iggy Pop. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. And, uh, and the other one, Sarah driver. I don't know who that is. Who, who's Sarah driver? Sarah driver.
0: Oh, those movie nerds in at the movie theater told me who she was
1: afterwards. And now I can't remember. <laughs> Yeah, man, all that IMDb. (laughs) I can't
0: remember if maybe she's his wife or I can't remember. She's not related to Adam Driver.
1: Okay, yeah. So uh, they they play these two zombies uh, that come into the coffee shop and kill the waitress and and the cleaning lady. Um, Unlike other zombies, though, uh, these ones, like they see coffee and they like go for it and start drinking it and they can say the word coffee. I don't know if I've seen a zombie movie before where the zombies talk of you.
0: I think they might do that a tiny bit in um, George Romero's Land of the Dead. Oh. I think there might even be a tiny bit of that in Day of the Dead, the third one. Hmm. And then I think even in Dawn of the Dead, they talk about how they do things based on memories of their prior lives. Oh. Oh. Do you remember that? I think they say like the mall was a place of comfort for them.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. That's why they all come to the mall, right? Yeah, I do remember that, that dialogue, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I, I guess nothing new here than just kind of playing off those tropes.
0: Right, and and Jim Jarmusch has admitted, like, uh, yeah, there's nothing is new here. I'm just, like, doing what everybody else has done.
1: Right, yeah, taking the formulaic approach. Yeah, um, yeah. so not reinventing zombies. Uh, but so then then the next morning, the police show up at the diner, and this is where you have this scene where four people, like, back-to-back walk in, see the dead bodies, and say, was it wild animals or several wild animals? And that just happens on repeat. Um, but then they jump to the conclusion pretty quickly, which I, I I don't know how they got to this so fast, but they're just like, oh, yeah, it's definitely zombies. Um, did you find that weird?
0: Um, I can't really say how I felt about that because that's in the preview. Um, yeah. And this is one that I did see the trailer for just because back when we were doing... Doing some uh, theater runs for us and Pet Cemetery and stuff like that. This preview always played. Hmm. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, Adam Driver
1: just goes like, "I'm thinking zombies," and Bill Murray's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But every, everyone in the town seems to like jump on board. Like the the Bobby and uh, you know everyone like they they kind of like assume like zombies. All right, that's what it is. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Bobby was, Bobby was down. He's the horror movie nerd.
1: Yeah, yeah, he saw this coming. Um, so from uh, from here, I think the film basically just turns into all these characters fighting the zombies. Um, at some point, Selena Gomez comes into town with her two friends. Which this this like uh, I I enjoyed this because I, I think Selena Gomez is amazing, and uh, and she comes in and there's some funny like jokes about like oh these are the hipsters from Cleveland they just showed up, and uh, you know there's some good banter there between them and the townspeople. did, did you like that?
0: Yeah, I I was kind of interested in this group of people.
1: Yeah, yeah, something fresh to, to add into the mix. Yeah, yeah, and I, I liked
0: the uh, they stopped by the gas station and Caleb Landry Jones' character was clearly into Selena Gomez.
1: Yeah, that was, that was a good interaction there, where he's kind of like nerding her up on the horror films and stuff. Yeah, and she kind of like recognized it and she was like, I dig how into movies you are. Yeah, that was a good interaction. Yeah, I thought yeah. Selena Gomez carried this film pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> In her like seven minutes of screen time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, but yeah, so basically uh, the, as, as the next night comes, all the zombies come out. They kill everyone and there, you know, some uh, just scenes of people getting confronted by zombies and kind of acting on deadpan as they fight zombies or flipping out. Um The only, uh, you know, odd thing that happens is uh, Zelda Winston, which is Tilda Swinton's character, um, she, you know, takes her samurai sword, she goes around, like, you know, butchering people, Kill Bill style, and um, at the end, she, like, gets, um, yeah, a a UFO just randomly shows up and beams her up into space and flies off. Um, Was there any other interactions during that whole zombie fight that you want to call out? Um, not really. Um,
0: shoot. Did we just like finish it? Well, we're, I guess we're almost done with the platter. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe one or two more bullet points, but yeah. Yeah. I would just uh, on that topic, you said her name's like Zelda Winston, right? Yep. So Tilda Swinton is Zelda Winston, and then Rosie Perez's character was Posey Juarez. Oh. <laughs> which was just like, that was just kind of dumb. He made two yeah. characters with names that sounded kind of like their names.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that. that
0: this, was there were times where this script, I was like, if this wasn't Jim Jarmusch and somebody whoever produced, I don't even know who produced this movie. Like if someone read that script, they'd be like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever read. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause like, I, I think you're right. There are these jokes in there, which are done like very, um, in a micro way where that it's not like smart in the sense that you see it repeated enough for it's like become a theme, but just like feels very random. Like, yeah, two people's names to have like their, their cast name is like a play on their real name. Um, or like as we talked about in the beginning, they broke the fourth wall, and then the, the whole movie ends with them kind of breaking the fourth wall again, where uh, they're sitting in the car, the chief and, and Ronnie, surrounded by zombies, and uh, Ronnie the whole time. I, th- I thought this was kind of funny. He keeps saying things will end badly, and that's like pissing off the chief. Did did you enjoy that?
0: Um, it it was fine, I guess, but I, I have something to say about it. But keep going.
1: Okay, so finally, like the chief is asking, is like how did how did how do you know like things are gonna end badly? And Ronnie's like, oh, because I read the script. And the chief is like, what do you mean you read the script? And, and Ronnie's like, yeah, I read the whole movie script. And, and then the chief Robertson's like, oh, I only read my part. So they, they break the fourth wall there again. And then uh, they get out of the car and then they get murdered uh, all while the hermit watches. And, and that's kind of how the movie ends. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. That, was there anything else like that stood out to you plot-wise? No, not
0: really. And I think they even mentioned, like, Jim and Pat. Like, yeah, Jim gave me this script. I read it. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, right, Bill Murray's like, was, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I was wondering if Adam Driver's character always saying, like, this is going to end badly. Like, if he was commenting on the ending in the movie actually like it's a bad ending. Not like
1: they're doomed, but like it's a (laughs) shitty ending to the movie. Yeah, that's true. I was wondering that too actually. It was referring to the film. Uh overall like this film's not gonna end well. (laughs) People are gonna leave pissed. (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah. Uh uh, yeah, as as a critic, that would have been my headline for the uh review. Things things do end Yeah, this is
0: (laughs) this is going to end badly this did end badly yeah Uh, yeah yeah, and I mean like her getting beamed up in her spaceship with these crappy cgi effects was pretty close to the end too so it was like Mm -hmm. the end of the movie is her getting beamed up all the characters pretty much have died yeah and then the two of them get out of the car and they get surrounded and they die
1: yep and it's
0: pretty unsatisfying when the other main characters die because you don't really see any of them
1: die right yeah that's true uh, you, you just kind of see all their dead bodies in the cemetery in like that final scene, like uh, yeah. as dead versions of themselves.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. Um, yeah. One joke that got a lot of laughs in my theater was that uh, Riza was the UPS driver,
1: except instead of UPS, the truck said Woo P S. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that it resonated in your theater because I don't think anyone in my theater got that joke.
0: <laughs> my theater was a bunch of old people, strangely.
1: Uh. mine. Mine were like some uh, young couples, like teenage kids hanging out. Maybe mm, gotcha. Just there to make out or I something. I think yours was the zombie movie crowd, and mine was the Jim Jarmusch crowd. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Asheville. That sounds about right. <laughs> That's where the Jim Jarmusch yeah. crowd would live. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the th- the th- whole third wall thing I thought was kind of inconsistent. Didn't happen that much. It sounds like you weren't too impressed with it.
0: No, I thought it was frustratingly stupid. It was just like this makes. It doesn't fit in the movie at all. There was so much of the script. Am I rating at the end of this? Might surprise you. By the way, I don't hate everything about this movie, (laughs) but there was so much in the script that sounded like it was like either just super lazy and phoning it in, or like yeah, I think it was like phoning it in. Either way, even like either like laziness or like this is how little I care about yeah convention or making a good movie. Yeah, it was like there was stuff in there that just was like almost deliberately frustrating because it was so inconsistent. And then the kids who were the characters in the uh detention center, you never even see what happens to them.
1: I know that, that like that storyline I didn't understand at all. Like, was it necessary or like, uh, yeah. What, what was that?
0: Yeah. I mean, you could question whether any of it is necessary. <laughs> necessary. Yeah. But, um, he said in an interview that like, he thinks teenagers are the future and like very important and he wanted them to survive. Mm. But part of me thinks like, "Eh," or did you just like forget to write an ending for them? (laughs) Because so much of it seems so lazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, But he also talks about how the only two people or characters that survive are those kids and Tom Waits' hermit character, the ones who are removed from society. Mm Mm-hmm. So like maybe he's commenting on how society is doomed and is obsessed with consumerism because these zombies are coming back and a lot of them are saying what they, you know, coffee or some were saying, t- yeah. there were kids saying toys. Or Bluetooth, uh, they're like... Uh, yeah, I Wi-Fi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wi-Fi. So yeah, you could say it's consumerism commentary, but it is nothing new. And just because you say like you know it's not anything new doesn't mean doesn't give you points like
1: yeah you
0: you kept hitting on the same message that George Romero did but you did it like more on the nose and less effectively and you're right. saying like yeah I'm I know I'm not adding anything new it's just weird to me I don't know I don't know I don't get you Jim
1: yeah no I, I think you're exactly right because these are all tropes that have always existed in zombie movies and like what zombies have been used for is to like draw those critiques of human behavior and consumerism and like uh, relationships and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, just because, I don't know, did he just like realize that zombie movies can do that and decided to make a horror film like calling it out? Uh, I, yeah, I guess it's, it's kind of like you just created a movie and like had to spell it out what zombie movies have always been doing. So uh, yeah, and I th- I
0: do think he's a fan of George Romero, but a part of me wonders if he's really seen that many other zombie movies.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, he might be behind the trend. Of what's going on there? Because uh, yeah, I I agree with you. I, I think a zombie movie like does this usually pretty well. Like all the themes captured in here: global warming, dynamics of like a small town USA, uh, like xenophobia a little bit with you know Tilda Swinton's character, human behavior and addiction. Like horror movies are so great at at uh, commenting on those, like while being like horrific. And I, I just don't think he his approach to it really. And the fact that he has to, like, have these interviews where he, like, speaks to it even lessens, like, the overall effectiveness of watching it on film.
0: Yeah, because I don't know that I would really pick that up had I not read some of those interviews, um, Mm -hmm. and not, like, in a good way, like, oh, it was so, like, buried in the movie, but it's just, like, it almost doesn't matter, like... Yeah. I don't know, it's hard to describe how pointless some of this movie feels, and I... I don't hate this movie. This is a movie where the ending makes you retroactively pissed at the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but I did really like like a good chunk of the beginning and the middle. It almost had like a Fargo vibe to it, where it's just hanging out <laughs> with these small town people doing their simple stuff, and the dry humor in it was, even though it wasn't always laugh out loud funny, some of it was at least entertaining.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: like there was a certain likable mood or tone to the movie, just like hanging out with these people.
1: I agree. You know, like the the characters felt kind of real, and watching them interact uh, with each other felt real, and and then like throwing like Selena Gomez and her her uh, friends into the mix was kind of fun to watch. So I, I agree with you. Like the buildup uh, was good. I th- I think uh, a movie like this just could have uh, done a lot better with like an ending that could have maybe amped things up a bit or taking everything to the next level rather than just kind of simmer out or have someone just say, oh, I read the script at the end. I I just feel like the end was kind of a cop-out.
0: It really was. Yeah. I think cop-out sounds about right. Yeah.
1: Um, What did
0: you think of the fact that the zombies didn't bleed blood, instead like dirt came out of them? Oh, that was- black clouds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. that, that, That struck me as weird. Um. I yeah. I don't know. I I didn't like look into that much. But yeah. Do you know any more about that or why they had it that way?
0: I don't know why he chose to do that. I mean, it could have been like they're so decomposed that it's just dust, or like hmm. there's like a commentary on like the lifelessness, lifelessness of the American societal consumer, um, right? Oh, there's no any blood. real blood pumping through their veins, but I I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, even people who had just turned mm-hmm. to zombies, it seemed like the Black Puff came out.
1: Yeah. No, that's really interesting. Uh, yeah. Because at first, the
0: zombies emerged from the graveyard. So I was like, oh, they're like centuries old or something. Mm-hmm. Covered in dust. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I think that there are elements like that throughout the movie where I feel like you could dive into it and like maybe have a whole like discussion topic on it. And some of the reviews that I've read that like love this movie they're super long like people are just like dissecting it and diving into it and it, it, it almost kind of like reminds me of like is this movie like an essay or something that's just like throws out these things that are meant to be openly explored and discussed and dive like you know open for interpretation or um you know is, is it just a dumb movie at surface level I, I don't know
0: yeah I saw an article in the New Yorker comparing it to us <laughs> oh, which man. I just I think is a uh, a bit too generous I think so too.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think the New Yorker loved it. Uh, it I, I saw some people describing it as like a fierce, scary movie or something, and uh, I yeah I don't know what they're talking about. I don't either.
0: Uh, you know what? I did actually like the uh, s- the score. Oh, by his band Squirrel.
1: Yeah, I think it, yeah I liked it, was, it too. That was pretty good. Yeah, it was
0: kind of like post rock alt country ish. Like, mm-hmm. it was a little bit. Um, A little bit ominous, like there was, there weren't that many scary scenes, but that music made the mood a little dread filled. Mm -hmm. And I will say that the first zombie attack in that restaurant, they are doing the like coffee thing and it's kind of funny, Yeah. but they've also just gored these two women. And like one of them is just screaming in the background for like three solid minutes. And it was a little, uh, it was a little unnerving. That that one was a little scary.
1: Yeah, actually you're right. I, I didn't know she was like screaming for a while. And that just went on and on yeah yeah kind of kind of yeah. interesting mixture of uh, visuals there and, and sounds yeah
0: and it makes sense that one of those zombies was uh Iggy Pop because of the uh, Stooges thing he did it sounds like if you're in a J- Jim Jarmusch movie at one point you're going to be in another <laughs> one of his movies down the road yeah
1: yeah <laughs> congratulations As a lot of directors like to do yeah yeah and did you like the usage of the uh, the song the theme song throughout the movie
0: um, the theme song was fine. It kind of fit the vibe of these country folks just sitting around, hanging out, drinking coffee at the diner, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Except, I don't know, they, they played it like five or six times, and by the end, like, Bill Murray's character just gets, like, really fed up with it, and, uh, and that's, like, they, one of the parts where you see him kind of come alive a lot more.
0: Yeah, they play it too much. I mean, they, they do a lot of things too much. It, it was a little bit of a kitchen sink approach to the humor, like, mm-hmm. a, a big array of different types of jokes. Um, and just like the breaking the fourth wall thing, it was just like, let's see if this works. Like (laughs) it was pretty inconsistent in the humor, but that Mm -hmm. being said, there were times that I laughed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe because I was in a theater full of old people who were ready to laugh. God, there was one guy who was laughing at everything.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That, that can help. I feel like if I watch it with a group of people that were laughing, um, like having a laugh track, you know, it always kind of helps you know, like, Oh, this is the funny part. I should laugh here. This is good.
0: Yeah. And the laughter makes all their stale popcorn taste better at the end of the movie when you oh. go around. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: laughter always adds a nice spice. I can uh, taste the joy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how many uh, headless Selena Gomez's would you give this one?
0: You know, this is going to sound high compared to how I've been talking about this movie, but I give it two and a half. Uh, yeah. That's, I'm surprised. There were, I mean, before the end, I thought like, this is fine. It's not great. Some of it's, some of the jokes are downright bad, but I'm not like, I'm enjoying my time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, as I've mentioned before, I probably have a half star bump for any movie I see in the theater. (laughs) The theater effect. But the ending was so bad that it, it, it was hard for me to rate this movie because it soured so much of the movie for me. Right. Yeah. Um. So I was tempted to give it like two stars or maybe even less until I sat back and thought, like, I did enjoy a good chunk of that. like And I just like the actors. I like Adam Driver. I like Bill Murray. Yeah. I like Chloe Savini, even though she didn't really have a great role in this, and I think she was even upset about her character's role. She mm-hmm. was just kind of there to be scared. Right, yeah, basically. Uh, uh, yeah. What about you, man? How, how many stars do you give it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I mean, if if I'd seen it in a theater like the one you had seen it, I feel like I would have appreciated it more. But uh, I think seeing it in a pretty empty theater and like no one really reacting to it. um, I I only had it at one and a half. And obviously the half bump for seeing it in a theater. Uh, But I I, I think you're right. Like the thing that was really going for it was the cast. And yeah, I didn't mind the early part of the movie as much as like the disappointment of the ending just kind of really pissed me off, I guess. Yeah. kind of sour yeah
0: it's the kind of ending that can really anger you yeah (laughs) and i think he probably knows that
1: yeah fucking yeah just trying to get under his skin yeah yeah all right well yeah anything else to call out on it um
0: not really i would i would like to thank adam and kyle even though we we we're kind of dissing jim and i know that we are Very noob-ish in this one because we haven't seen any of his other movies. But I do appreciate you guys giving us some context to his films because, yeah, we don't really know anything about him.
1: Yeah, no, that was helpful. I saw when he posted that question and, like, uh, he's probably seen the movie and (laughs) wondering what the hell happened there. (laughs)
0: Like,
1: somebody explain this to me. (laughs) Yeah. Who is this guy? Why do we care so much about him?
0: (laughs) This is, like, a kind of movie that, like, I could see... I think you and I both have a a strong distaste for pretension mm-hmm. and I could see people like deep down in their gut knowing they didn't really like this movie but being like, oh yeah it was it was brilliant <laughs> yeah because it's because it's him yeah but like, I, I don't know i'm putting I'm putting things on people that I probably shouldn't
1: yeah and that explains why the New Yorker loves it I think that's yeah exactly <laughs> when I read that review I was uh, a big <laughs> yeah. eye roll yeah great y- yeah you're gonna pretend to get it and love it, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think there's some degree of that for sure. But uh, yeah, it'd be great to hear from our listeners. You know, if, if you disagreed with us or saw something we did, and we'd love to. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear the other side of it a little bit more.
0: Yeah, yeah. Feel free to feel free to let us know why we're so stupid and <laughs> and uh, and what we did missed about this movie, and and maybe we'll uh, read that in our next episode. Yep, for sure.
1: Great. Anything else? That's all. All right, well, uh, that wraps up our conversation on The Dead Don't Die. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. That way other people can find our show, and we very much appreciate your support. If you want to jo- join the discussion, you can find our social links on our website, horrormovieclub.com, or you can shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. We'll announce next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter, in case you want to watch it before the next episode. Our logo is by Amy May Popart, so check her out on Etsy.com. And until next time, if you find yourself about to be cast in a Jim Jarmusch film, make sure you ask to read the entire script instead of just your lines. Otherwise things might end badly.